I, I officiated the wedding, but I also walked her down the aisle. And we were having to figure out the logistics of that. So I printed the announcement and welcome on a little piece of paper and had our 12-year-old son to welcome everyone and have everybody rise when the bride come walking into the church building. And so when we got up here, our son said, who gives this woman to be married to this man, you know? And I said, her mother, her brother, and I. And then I walked around, and he came down, and we high-fived each other. And it was a tag-team approach. And then I continued with the officiating the wedding. Brought me my, uh, my mind back to that, those long days ago. Friends, Jesus said, I don't call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friend because all that my father has told me I have revealed to you or I'm showing to you. His disciples, us including, know what the Savior, Jesus, our Master, who is our friend, came to do and what He calls us to do. You and I, as Christians, are here present to carry out the effort and work that He began. We know that to be true from Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, 19, and 20 where Jesus is once again speaking to His apostles, directing them to direct others. When He said, now, I'm going to tell you to do something. I want you to know that I have the authority to do this. And now I'm going to delegate or give some of that authority that I have to you. The Father has given me authority and now I've given you the authority. Then he says to go and make disciples or go and teach all nations. And we know we do that through the gospel. Through Jesus who he has always been, who he always will be, the I am, the, the one and only, what the, the revelation says, the Alpha and the Omega. The A to the Z. Jesus, who He was, is, and will be, who He is, the I Am, what He taught, how He thought, how He spoke, the choices He made. We're to emulate that or imitate it, follow it. And then we're to direct others in that path. Go and make all, make, go to all nations, make them disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That means baptizing them in the name of or by the authority of. You're not doing... I, when I baptize somebody, it's not in my name. I'm just an instrument, a servant, a messenger whereby God is... Where, who God is using to do His work. 
anything that I do as a minister or a Christian, anything we do as Christians, we do not in our own authority, but in God's authority. So it's baptizing them in the name of or by the authority of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Then he says, teaching them, those who have now become disciples and are Christians, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So God the Father directs God the Son, who directs all of us as who directed the apostles, who directs all of us as Christians, who direct others who are coming into the church. And then with all of that, he said, now that you know what's going on, this is not a master-servant relationship. I don't want you to do what I say because I say it. I want you to do what I say because we're friends. I don't want you to see me as your master, even though I am. I want you to see me as a friend. Don't be my friend for what you can get. And I won't be your friend for what you can get, for, for what I can get. I just want to be your friend and you want to be my friend just because we're friends. I don't want anything. Just friendship. I thought about how to think about friends. When a little baby is born into a family, what does that baby have to do to be loved? Just be, right? I mean, nothing. As a matter of fact, that baby is going to do everything to get on your nerves. And, and, and for you to say, if you're just looking at it from a selfish perspective, there's no way I'm going to have... A friend, this baby can't do anything for me. I have to do everything for this child. But we, we don't look at it like that way, do we? This is, this is our child. We're blessed to have this... To, I mean, in anything we do, everything we do is a... I say, I was going to say it's a joy. But it becomes a joy because why do we do what we do? Well, we're friends. We just, that's all. So Jesus says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. But in doing whatever I command you, I want you to do it because of friendship or out of friendship. Not out of obedience, because I have to. Not out of what you can get out of me, but for friends. And so that leads us back to this morning's uh, sermon, or this morning's points on just what it means to be a friend. Well, friends, if you'll remember, are friendly we're both friendly. A mutual relationship. A mutual friendship. What I do for you and what you do for me. What I give you and what you give me. We both give and receive. It's sort of like uh, shaking hands with a person. I mean, you know, when Lewis and I shake hands, he shakes my hand and I shake his hand. It's a mutual thing. Now, you can try to, you know, shake hands... But, you know, even put them together, but don't, you know, don't close the... Something's wrong. That's, that doesn't work. Right? 
It's a mutual thing. I, I'm, I'm shaking his hand, he's shaking my hand. We're shaking hands. Yeah, or pulling back, saying, ah, friendship. Uh, friends believe in each other. Friends are open with each other. Friends, they enjoy being together. They have fellowship. They look forward to when they can be together. Now, all of these we think about within each other, within the church. But what I'm trying to do is get us to expand that or uh, go beyond that to our relationship or our friendship with God or specifically our friendship with Jesus Christ. Any relationship we have with God the Father must come through God the Son. John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So Jesus, in who He is and what He did and what He does, gives us that friendship between us and the Father. Because I'm friends with the Son, I'm friends with the Father. If I'm not friends with the Son, I'm not friends with the Father. And that's what we got to understand. So look at all of these friends are friendly. Am I, I know who Jesus is and how He loves me, what He's done for me, what He's doing for me. What about that, those same ideas between, not, not from Him to me, but from me to Him? How am I toward Him? I know how He is toward me. How am I that way to Him? Do I believe in Him as much as He believes in me? I know He believes in me, and I believe in Him. That's what makes us friends. Open to each other. Friends enjoy fellowship. I want to be with Jesus in prayer. I want to read His words to me. That's what friendship is. Now, in the text that's before us in John 15, I just want to pull three additional points. First, friends sacrifice for each other. If you have a friend or a friendship, it's going to cost you something. If you think you have a friendship and it hasn't cost you anything, you better check it. It could be you just think you have a friendship. Because a friendship costs something. Remember this morning we talked about how it's reciprocal? It's mutual? It's not all about what you do for me? And some people say, oh, they're my best friend because they take me where I want to go, buy what I want, do what I want, dress like I want. And then the question is, well, what are they getting out of this? Because friends sacrifice for each other. Jesus speaks of the greatest love one could ever have for one another or for another person. It's when I'm willing to lay down my life for you. 
and you are willing to lay down your life for me. He said, greater love has no man than this, that a, a man would lay down or a woman would lay down her life for a friend. You hear a lot of our men who are up before us praying, praying for our, our armed services and the sacrifices that men and, men and women are, being, are making for us, for our freedom, for our country, to protect us. Not just our military, but our police officers and our, and our detectives and all of those who represent us are supposed to represent us. The sacrifices that they're making for us. Danielle does not make enough money. Matter of fact, I don't know if there is enough to do what we ask her to do. When I'm preaching sometimes and I make a point and I look over here and she is right with me. <laughs> and she's probably the only one who might understand the, the exact point that I'm trying to make because she's out there on the front line protecting us. Willing to sacrifice herself for her family, for her friends, for the country that she loves, and the city that she loves. So my question is, what am I willing to do for someone else? And what do you suppose your friend is willing, would be willing to do for you? See, that's when you're measuring a friendship, you think, well, you know, I'd do anything for you. And a true friend would say, well, I would do anything for you too. Now we have a friendship. Now, true friends are not going to do something bad. And we'll get to that in a moment. So in John 15 and verse 13, friends are willing to, to give, to sacrifice time, treasure, talent, whatever they have. They're willing to sacrifice that for their friends. What, do you, what does a friend want in return? Not even a thank you, a true friend. I mean, you don't owe me anything. Daddy taught me, my dad taught me a lot, everything. But growing up, he said, anytime you borrow someone's vehicle, you return it clean and full of gas. I said, but dad, I, when I borrowed it, it had a quarter of a tank. I will return it with a quarter of a tank. He said, oh no, that's not how you look at it, son. And it took me a while to figure that out, but I figured it out. What you're saying is thank you. And I found when I borrow somebody's vehicle and return it clean and full of gas, and I need it again, I can get it again. I've loaned my vehicle before. And when I cranked it up to go to my next place, after my friend brought it back, I was praying I got to a gas station. And I think it sputtered. And you know when that friend, and I'm putting quotations around that, needed to borrow my vehicle again? You need to go somewhere else. 
Well, Brother Mickey, what, what, what do you mean? I didn't even make it to the gas station. Yes, you and me are friends. But you, you need to learn something. Friends treat each other certain ways. And I expect you to treat me the way I treat you. Didn't Jesus say, love one another as I have loved you, so love one another? John 13, 34 and 35. How did he love us? We said that this morning. He gave it all. Well, how should we love each other? How should we love him? In the same intensity, the same passion, the same way. John 15, 15. Jesus called his disciples, he said, not servants, but friends. Friends are honest with each other. He said, I, I called you friends because you know, I've told you what's going on. A, a, a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. And he shouldn't know because his position is down here. You don't have to know. When I was a child, I didn't have to know what my mom and daddy were doing. But there, when, I, when I became a grown man, there are many times my dad has put me in the pickups, or did put me in the pickups. He said, son, come on and uh, ride with me. That's some the greatest conversations I used to have with my dad when we lived close. I'd get in the truck, we'd go out to one of the farms. Well, he had to talk to me about something. And he was sharing with me, not, not from now a dad to a child, but he was sharing with me what was going on in the family or in the business between a dad and a son. A grown man, dad, and a grown man, son. That, does that make sense? That you, a dad to a child, the child doesn't need to understand. You just get in the truck, you've heard me say that. You don't have to know about money. You don't have to know about whether we're going to have tires or gas. or where. You just get in the truck. But when we grow up, I ask my dad where we're going, and he tells me. I already know where we're going. He said, we're going to do this, and we're going to go here. He, that's, that's trust. That's honesty. That's what friends do. And I could tell there was a day that the relationship that I had with my dad changed in a positive way from father up here to son down here to father here and son here. More on an equal level. Never, never on a complete equal level, okay? We're not saying God and us are on the same plane. But in, when Jesus Christ came as the Master... He's the master who said to the servants, I don't want to see you as servants anymore. I want to see you as my friends. And even better than that, not only are we friends, we're brothers. He's the only begotten, but we're all children of God because of what Jesus has done for us. So do my friends feel that they can be honest with me? And can I be honest with my friends? Now, part of this is that trust that we talked about. Where trust, we trust each other, but a deeper trust has to be earned. And earning trust takes time. It takes experience. Sometimes it takes making mistakes. 
where we don't trust each other as we should. But then we call each other on it. You should have trusted me. Did you, you know I always come through. Well, I know I should have trusted you, but you know it's hard to trust sometimes, right? You ever been let down? What does that do to your trust? And not only are, you know, sometimes when I'm let down, it bleeds over into trusting others. And I have issues there. If you're like me and just normal, well, I don't know if I could say that in the same statement. If you're like me and normal. Finally, and this is from John 15 to verse 14 and 15. Oh, no, John 15, 14, and then 14, 15. You can remember those because it's just the numbers are turned around. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you'll do what? Keep my commandments. And then John 15, 14 says, If you're my friends, you'll do whatsoever I command you. And of course, friends love each other. And here's the... Friends have confidence. I, in my trust in you, I have confidence in you. Does that mean you have to be perfect? To some people, I guess it does. But if we're expecting perfection out of a friend, we're going to be frustrated all our lives. But we can expect perfection out of Jesus. Because He is. And He'll never let us down, nor forsake us. So how far would my friends be willing to go for me? And how far would I be willing to go for them? Would my friends ever ask me to do something against my morals? Would a, would a friend ask you to do something that was wrong? I remember in my teenage years, I, one of my first jobs I had uh, in the plant everyone around me used factory language. Well, I just folded right with them. And it was strange that when I clocked in at 7, I changed and went to another language. It's like speaking French, you know, German. I, went, I started speaking a different language. And then when the bell tolled at 3.30... I left that language at the plant. And when I went home to my mother, I never used any one of that different languages. But when the, when the buzzer sounded at 7 o'clock, I switched over and went to that other language. And the people, men and I worked with, they never thought a thing about it. But the preacher preached a sermon one time on the words that should proceed out of a Christian's mouth. And it touched me, God did, and I came forward and confessed my sin. The church prayed for me, and God forgave me. The next day I went back to the plant. And the young man that I work with, he's probably 21, I was 16. I said, I want you to know that uh, I came forward in the church yesterday and I want to apologize to you for how I've been speaking. I want you to know that I'm a Christian and you probably didn't know that from how I lived. 
He said, whatever. Let's go to work. It was several days later that we hired a new man. Uh, they hired a new man. to. There was two of us. Now there's going to be three. And I'm on the inside of the mobile home or manufactured house. And they would always put up the siding while we were in there putting up the paneling. And for just a, a minute or two, when they put the siding over the window, it got dark. And as soon as they got the siding on, they would route out or cut out the window. The light came on again. And we kept on working. While they put the siding on, I heard my friend, the second man that was working on my team, talking to the new man. And he said, look, Mickey is a Christian. So when you're around him, watch your language. And I thought, Christians can have an influence on other people. Now, I didn't affect his language at all. He just kept right on speaking the factor language. But as my, he had become my friend over that summer, he defended me to someone else. He said, look, you, you speak like you want to, but when you're around him, watch your language. And later I thanked him for that. What a person is willing to do. He would never ask me, because we had become friends, he would never ask me to do something that was against what he knew who I was. And it made a big impact on him and me. That's a true friend. Would we, would we call God a friend or Jesus a friend when we're asking for, for something that we know that's not good for us? I was thinking about, you know, a big thick biscuit, gravy on it, two pieces of fried chicken, uh, green beans, cooked in ham, fresh tomato with about a teaspoon of salt sitting before us. The grease is shining. The salt is shimmering. And we want to bow and ask God to bless this meal. Heart attack, high blood pressure, kidney disease, cholesterol, uh, sugar diabetes. I mean, I mean I've st stopped preaching and started meddling now, right? I mean, God bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. And I don't mean that we should all be eating a salad all the time, but occasionally it would probably be really good. We, we can't think that we're friend, we have friendship with God when we're asking Him to bless something or to give us something that's going to hurt us or be bad for us. So I guess next time we pray before we eat, we need to look at what we're eating and say, I think we'll just go ahead and eat. No. 
But we do need to be careful and, and always having our eyes open and ears open and life open to what's going on instead of just praying over something that's not nutritious and not good for us because our friend would never ask us to do something wrong and we should never ask him to do something wrong. Would I ask somebody to do something wrong and would they ask me to do something wrong? The answer is no. And I won't even go as far as to say would, would we ask someone to do something that's too risky? No, I'm not going to do it, but hey, hey, John, you want to give this a try? I dare you. And you say, well, I'll do it if you will. Two friends, right? I think I'll, I think I'll wait. I've, I've taught my grandchildren already. Uh, the, the, you know, the last words of a, a man that's in trouble is, watch this, right? And we're talking about friendship. A friend loves, not seldom, not sometimes, not when it's convenient. Oh, he loves at all those times too. She loves at all those times too. We love at all times. Are you always up? Sometimes you're down. I've had some of you say, Mickey, are you all right? I said, well, yeah, I'm all right. Well, you're not your usual self. Whatever that is. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. We need a friend when we're up to share, rejoice with. We need a friend when we're down to weep with and to help. We help them when they're down. They help us when we're down. Solomon's right in Ecclesiastes 4, 2 are better than one. Friends. I'll be a friend to Jesus. Really. The world may turn against Him. But my friend, Jesus, I recommend... Because he's brought salvation. That's why I'm his friend. I'll be a friend to Jesus. My life for him, I'll spend. I'll be a friend to Jesus. How long? Until my years shall he. Our world needs a friend. And they need Jesus, like we do. Hope you think about these points that you've heard today. May God bless you to be the friend that you need. You hear that? That you would be the friend that you need. Because if you're the friend that you need, you won't have trouble having a friend. Things are not right between you and God. Don't leave here with things wrong.
We stand ready to help you if you'll come as we stand together and sing.